believe that I'm a very versatile person. After going through, while still going through, a life of being a substitute mother, sister, daughter, best friend, diary, therapist, the list goes on and on. I have found that I have a lot of experiences that are good lessons for the youth community. Now, before I get started, I would first like to take a moment of silence for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Treasure Adams, and Ahmed Aubrey and anybody else who has lost their lives from police brutality. It's really sad what's going on in the world today. All the looting, rioting, and killings, but then again, it had to happen at some point. We're tired of being oppressed. Me, as a first-generation immigrant, I felt oppressed my whole 11 years of being in the United States. It wasn't a joyride for my family and I when we first came to the United States. I mean, the immigration system in itself is fraud. My mother and father had to go through homelessness and I had to go through the foster system, which everyone already knows is corrupt. Just for us to be able to make it, just for us to have a home with running water and lights, just for me to go to school and pursue an education and make money that's gonna go right back into the system. I mean, I get it. The United States can't help the whole world. But then again, don't go to other countries and promise a life you know you're not able to give the people. My family and I had to fight. And after all that fighting, we hoped we would finally be able to say that we were living the American dream. But then came racism, redlining, and the list goes on and on. I'm so happy to see Blacks taking over a country that they built for free. Because for so many years, the oppressors have been pushing us around, putting us in horrible places, brainwashing, and then creating systems that they claim are justified so they can take everything away from us. For example, the school system. Why do I have to live in a certain part of the city in order to go to, to the school that I want to go to? They claim it's because of transportation issues. Well, listen up, honey. My mom, dad, aunt, and uncle can drive. I'm 16 and close to getting my license. Once the state opens back up, I will be able to drive, well, after passing my test, that is. There's also Lyft, Uber, buses, and trains. To be honest, I think it's because they don't want kids from bad neighborhoods coming to their sophisticated schools. But anywho, let me not get ahead of myself because that's like a whole nother conversation that's gonna like last for like two days. <laughs> All right, so my name is Mariatu. I am 16 years old. I am from, well, I was born in Sierra Leone, but I'm Sierra Leone Liberian. Um, I'm currently a senior in high school. I work at my auntie's hair shop doing braids. And you can also check me out on Instagram, Mariatu underscore braids. Um, so I want to go to college to pursue a career in the medical field as a neurosurgeon. My family and I came to the United States in 2008. I was four. For a couple years of being here, I was put into the foster system. My last home was actually really nice, though, raised by an African-American who was all for black success. Now, with the whole transition to the USA caused me to be behind in my academics, but she took the time to really be there for me and got me through it. Finally, I came back to my mom after three years of being in the system 
And well, life was great. I mean, a couple of things I faced while adjusting to the American lifestyle was a language barrier. To be honest, I still face it till this day. When I was young, my language barrier was due to my accent. But now it's due to people not willing to understand my point of view. I say things in a weird way sometimes because I grew up in an African home that was full of parables. And the youth community, just some of them, don't really want to take the time to read in between the lines and understand those parables. Even if I use little baby words while I'm talking to them. While going to school, I noticed a non-acceptance of Africans, which was another horrible thing that I faced while living in the United States. And I pretty much grew up in the United States. But for some reason, I was always looked at as the African kid from Africa, which I'm not saying I'm not because I am like it's through my story. It's there. But many kids would say, oh, you're fresh out the jungle with the monkeys and the gorillas. And they spent so much time asking me why my hair was so nappy, why my skin was so dark. And so there's this thing called an African booty scratcher. And they spent so much time like asking me and like calling me all of those things and whatnot. And it would hurt that these uncultured, uneducated people will actually take the time to tease me about being African than to ask me questions that could actually educate them. And a lot of times it came from African-Americans. And, you know, it's crazy because they want to sit here and come at a natural born African when their title that these white people call them has the word Africa in it. Anywho, like I said, not going to get ahead of myself because, again, conversation can go on for so long. But every time I would face an uncultured Billy, I would just tell them that it's because of me and my people that you're even able to stand in front of me right now and say these very mean things. And then I'll walk away because, you know, there's no need for me to stay in that same spot. <laughs> but for real, though, they just follow society and what they see on TV and they make Africa into this place that no one wants to be. But I encourage every African-American to take the time and do your research, especially during during times like these where people are steady on brainwashing and removing actual history from like from just the books and whatnot. So it's best to be educated so that the oppressors will have a very hard time brainwashing you. The last major thing I faced was a culture barrier. Although I mostly grew up in America, my mom always made the home mostly African themed. So I had to be African at home and American at school and also while I was out in the community, which was a challenge, but I figured out how to merge the two. And I did so by just being myself. If I was to say something in my African language or wear an African garment at school, then the bullies and the uneducated people were just going to have to accept it because this is who I am. And if I spoke English at home and did, as my mother would say, Americanized things, then my mom was just going to have to accept it because I am with the Americans every day. So there was no way I wouldn't be doing the things that they do. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't come home and start cursing and doing all that stuff no 
But just some of the things that I did, she didn't really agree with it. But she was just going to have to because it was the American lifestyle. And that's also another important lesson that I learned was that I needed to stop adjusting to people and sometimes let them adjust to me and let them accept me for me. So why did I start a podcast? Well, I always wanted to do one. I just never found the motivation or need. I didn't really know what to talk about or base my podcast on. But influenced by everything that's going on, I just found it right to share my story, my struggles, and my successes in hopes that I can inspire the youth minorities to do the same. We live in a world where, as a minority, your voice is something that is targeted at. So if I can inspire even five people to want to live and share their story and make a change we need in the world, then my story will be posted on everything as I let it all out. Join me next week as I talk about my experience through Black hypocrisy and share some tips on how I cope with it.